Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by WitchSchool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And everybody, welcome to the Ed the Pagan Show, my next series of shows. As you know, I've been a long time radio broadcaster and podcaster, and I've done a lot of shows. But in this cycle, I'm going to take us to a different place uh, in the Pagan community. As you know, I've committed to my one-year campaign of being on the road and kind of really deeply exploring the community to create a great experience where I'm going to go ahead and do so. Um, I want to thank everybody who uh, was out there for October, and one of the people that you may have seen is Sarah Livermore, who is also known as Sarah Wilde, because we've talked about it. And she was uh, she did the Chris Oracle out of Salem, which is people a lot of people praise that, and we'll get into that a little bit. There were a lot of people who felt that that one was a very important one because of um, how much fairy energy has been de- dealt with over the year. And I think 2020 is definitely going to be a fairy energy. Um, Sarah has been yeah you know, somebody I've, I've uh, become quick friends with and uh, has met this last October when I was working in the world of Salem, and uh, which was a very interesting set of events and well she's a medium and she is a psychic she's also uh, by her facebook you'll see that she's mentioned exorcism so she's done a lot of things and we're going to talk to you not just about her but we're going to talk to you because part of my thing is this we're going to be a lot more direct information that'll help you we're going to talk about how she prepares for the new year and how you can prepare for this fantastic year of 2020 at the beginning of a new decade um so hi sarah how's it going hi ed um Things are going pretty well. Excited to be on the show. Good. So, uh, and as, as everybody here, so why don't you go ahead and give us a, I always love to call it the comic book origin or really how, you know, the origin and how did you get here to be a, a Salem, a Salem witch and psychic? Um, you're one um, of the actual people who actually live there. Uh, there and uh, a little bit about your, your background there. Um, my ancestry led me to Salem. Um, I would, I lived in the rural southern Midwest most of my life, but would make um, trips to Salem fairly regularly because my parents named me after um, my ancestor who was a victim of the Salem witch child. Um, if you go in the Wax Museum, you see one of the displays is Sarah Wilde. Um, my maiden name, and um, basically when she was 65, um, she was a widow, and she married a widower, um, Sean Wilde, and there were an execution. One was that her in-laws really didn't like her, and the other was the fact that she inherited a fair amount of, of property and a, from her. So the daughter-in-law that they didn't like, they were also after her property. Um, so her son uh, actually was constable and then had to arrest his own mother. She was jailed privately um, in Boston, I believe. And uh, eventually she was executed based largely on the testimony of a neighbor who had a spectacularly bad day after um, she refused to loan him one of her husband's tools while her husband wasn't home. Um, So then on the day of her execution, as they're putting the noose around her neck, she's like, fine, if you think I'm a witch, maybe I am. And in her, like, like her last breath, she cursed her accusers. Um, and the thing that she said in her curse ended up, for the most part, coming true. Um, I was raised practicing um, divination and honoring her um, every year at Salem, and 
um, kind of gravitated towards Wicca and you know modern paganism as I grew up. So I guess Salem has always been kind of a focal point of my family history, and I just keep going back because I love the place. Okay, that makes sense. But you're also so you're a practicing medium. Uh, spirit. Yes. Do you call yourself as a medium, or is it you know some people call it spirit channeling? Um, um, a couple of other names. You're breaking. For it, but I find that a bit... Sorry, my connection's so, not real great, and you're breaking up a lot. Um, oh, okay. Uh, I'm. I. Mm-hmm. Refer to myself as a psychic and a witch. I'm. I think I heard your question correct. Um, yeah, exactly. I um, yeah, I I am a practicing medium. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, um, talking to the ancestors is more than just like praying in front of an altar. It's making real psychic connections with the people of the past. Um, got a lot of mediumship clients working this past October at the Psychic Fair in Salem. Um, that that practice is something that um, I was encouraged to develop as a child. Um, my mom tells a story of when I was a toddler um, being in my gra- grandparents' house um, in Dartmouth, Massachusetts and asking about the lady in the rocking chair. Um, My mother became terrified because she couldn't see the lady. She just saw the rocking chair rocking by itself. Um, That's really kind of frightening, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, so I don't really remember this, but my mom Mm -hmm. told me the story a number of times about how she became very scared. She ran off. She, I remember my mom running out of the room screaming for my father, Stephen, Stephen, this place is haunted. Well, I'm just sitting there talking to the glowing lady in the chair. Um, I I only remember bits and pieces because I was very small. Um, And my son has interacted with this same lady from encounter with the glowing lady in the chair I couldn't make out any of her features because she glowed with such a bright light Um, and I I hadn't really developed the mediumship skills Um, but both my grandmothers encouraged this and my maternal grandmother um, practiced and she helped me fine tune that to where I could sort of dial back how much energy I was seeing so I could make out more than just an energy glow Um, and so my parents gravitated towards haunted houses they didn't deliberately choose to live in places that had a lot of spirit activity they just seemed to feel at home in places that had a lot of activity. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was able to use living in haunted houses my whole life to the side and use those spirits as guides to to help me grow as a psychic. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. I don't usually do physical mediumship where you're allowing the spirit to like partially possess you and you feel what they felt and describe that. I usually don't do too much of that um, because it's very draining work. I'm more, I would call myself more of a psychic medium where I'm, I'm using my set of clairs. Clair audience, clair sentience, clairvoyance, 
to to see spirit. Um, um, so like kind of a, a language translator, you know, so they're speaking Chinese and then you repeat it to the person in English. You know, you're not actually becoming that person. You're just translating their information. Something like that? <laughs> yeah, something like that. Funny you should say Chinese. I don't, I don't know if you were there that day um, at the, the psychic fair, but I actually had a client come for a reading, and this was tarot rather than mediumship, but um, she didn't speak English. She spoke Chinese. So I had to do oh, the entire reading that. through Google Translate. <laughs> that was just a, a fun challenge to do a reading through the language barrier. But, yeah, it is a lot like that, where you're translating spirit mm-hmm. into physical. That is fascinating. And that thing is, it says we're seeing a rise in what we would call different types of mediumship and types of uh, visions that are out there. Um, I'm seeing a lot more of that type of energy happening. Uh, so we're talking about that. And so, so you've been, and you do readings, you do tarot, you do, you used to say clair, clairvoyance, clairaudience, um, the sort of sixth sense, what, what people are not, what used to call, I got it. I age myself when I say it, but it used to be the sixth, the idea of the sixth sense. Hmm? Um, yeah. Call it the sixth sense ESPA. But now, now it's, now people are translating it more directly as clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience, that sort of work. And then, you'll, of course, yeah, then you I also like... use. Go ahead, please. Uh, oh, I, I like to describe it as everyone has ten senses, not five. You have your physical perceptions of the the very solid fixed outside world um, and then you have the psychic versions of those five senses that perceive your inner and outer energetic environment um, which includes like the dream plane um, the astral plane and like the fairy realms and other spaces that kind of intersect at times with the physical world. Now, as people do this work, and, and you've done a lot of this work, so a lot of uh, the, my listeners, and I thank everybody out there for helping make uh, the shows that I do, um, out in the podcasting world is one of the more popular shows, which I'm always very grateful for. And, uh, again, you can always write me at edthepagan at gmail.com with any questions about any of our shows out there. But a lot of our people are actually working psychics. A lot of them are younger. Um, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I'm getting a lot of what they call Generation Zoomers uh, in there. And they're always asking me. So I do these readings. And, and tuning in is not the hard part for them. The receiving message is not the hard part. But they are having difficult in disengaging from it, cleaning on, cleansing them. How do you do Because you do a lot of readings. I mean, I've seen you. You're you're one of the OGs at this. Um, uh, during the Salem month, you did literally hundreds of readings. I mean, and that, so how do you clean, clear yourself and cleanse yourself from doing that? How do you disengage from that? Or do you? Um, I like to describe it as putting it on a dimmer switch. Um, turning it up and down. Um I I actually get a lot of anxiety when I completely disconnect because it's such an integral part of how I process sensory information. Um, so I never 100% disconnect, but I do have to turn it down a lot to be able to function in crowds and so forth. Um, but for me, the key is discernment, knowing yourself so well that you have a very clear concept of what is your thought, your emotion, versus what's coming in um, through your psychic input. Um, What I've noticed with some of the Zoomers that I've talked to, um, they don't have that really strongly defined sense of self. And 
then they begin to get overwhelmed with um, thoughts and feelings that they're picking up off anybody and everybody. Um, So you can shield and cleanse and shield and cleanse, but if you're not certain what to block out because it's not yours, not a part of you, you're never gonna you're never gonna be effective at that grounding and cleansing. Um, you grounding is great because you are rooting down and connecting yourself to the earth and you can center and focus. That's still not going to do you any good without that mental discernment. That's very interesting. Now, I do know that a lot of the people who basically um, deal with psychic phenomena, I always hear the say that I was, you know, I had these practices as a child, and you were allowed to build them. Most people get them shut down by the parents and a parental authority. Um, So do you think that made a difference is that you weren't shut down as a child? And, and yes, the way you talk absolutely. about not shutting off is, and then you talk about shutting off. It feels like me and my relationship with my cell phone. Um, <laughs> and it's never more than hands reach these days. Um, but it is kind of for me. So, so I always explain to people. So I always people always ask me, and I I mention it, and people hear is that yeah, my telephone is my 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 artificial telepathy machine. It very much gives me a sense of the world beyond it and um, my own spiritual practices. Um, I worked from a very different point of view. It was, it was very interesting because we had very different styles. I loved watching everybody in Salem. It was one of my best pieces, um, watching everybody work because they all had different styles. Me, I'm more of a mentalist. I, I work from a different aspect. But you you got very deep, and I watched you and uh, the great lady Gina and uh, Carol, all these uh, uh, phenomenal psychics, and Mike. Michael, and all of you had one thing in common, and that is that you worked from a spiritualist place versus a, a mental space. Would I say that? Would you? And that yeah, as readers, you didn't work, you tried to answer the words of spirit versus the words of the mind. Hmm? Would you say that's true? Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I have a friend, um, Adam, who's a very popular reader, very seasoned pro. And, but his style is more like yours, where it's more of a mentalist thing. Um, and he he does palmistry in the same style that you do tarot. Um, while we were working in the mall at the Psychic Fair, he was actually um, all October in the um, at Crowhaven Corner doing his palmistry thing. Um, and it's, he and I used to talk sometimes about that stylistic difference. And he's like, I don't know how you do it going at it from a spiritual and like a mediumship perspective, because that would just, to me, would seem so exhausting. And I kind of felt the same way about his mentalist approach. Cause I'm like, I can't imagine having to carry around that much memorized symbology and stuff to be able to do it your way. And um, yes, it is tiring, but I I think it's just a difference in talent. It's interesting. Um, I always talk about being a computer with tennis shoes. Um, uh, but for me, it's flow. It's, it, I guess all of them. So I think the secret of all of them, no matter what style that you use, you have to get to a state of flow meaning that it has to come natural to you. You have to let go. I don't actually think about it. What I mean by mentalist is that it, in the sense of that I don't, I try to answer what's in my head and people that, and then and I've heard this of spirit people, they answer what's in their head, what, it, what comes out of them. And sometimes I guess that's the difference between a mentalist. A mentalist finds everything that comes out of their head and they just say what, they, what pops into their mind. For spirits people, it seems they, they bypasses that sometimes. I've noticed that they just seems to go straight to the tongue. Um, and that yeah, that sort of thing. But that's what you talk about—the idea of 
there's a translation versus possession. I know there are mediums who also do the possession types. Hmm? Um, and yeah. that sort of thing. So a, a lot of people are going to be trying to get ready for the new year. Um, I think there's a huge psychic awareness in 2020. I think people are becoming a hugely mental aware. The last um, solar eclipse is about to happen on the 26th for the, for the decade. And I think the 2020s, I think there's a lot common between the 1920s and the 2020s. I'm not sure of how many of those souls are still around in the sense of <laughs> funny. that. Again, funny uh-huh. you should say the 1920s. It's funny you should say the 1920s because one of my friends just did a 1920s-themed mystery dinner party huh. for See? winter solstice. And, you know, I've, I've seen other flapper-themed stuff around lately. So I think you're on to something with that 1920s thing. Well, I think people want to – I think people want to get out of judgment. I do think that the, one of the biggest things, people want to get out of judgment – I think uh, the, since 2000 hit, um, we've been growing in our judgment of other people. I think there's been sort of this idea of we have to be one way or the other. I think people are very – I think I want to surround myself with people of, of the future. This is one of the reasons I'm going on to spend a year on the road. I'm going to try building this great film. I saw it in Salem, amazing pieces. Um, still trying to process – I'm going to be processing that film soon. It's been – Oh, it's been pretty weird. Um, but I think that people, the 20s, one of the things is, is because I think the reason why I think they're very similar is that, well, we had a prohibition against alcohol, and everybody had to find invent the co- cocktail because of it, because alcohol got so bad at tasting. We you know, invented the cocktails. We invented the party. And people don't realize that prohibition is probably the thing that allowed women into bars for the first time. You know, prior to you know, prior to that, we were all really judgmental. And then one of the things I loved about the 20s is more and more I go into it, that prohibition by the government, that oppression, that tremendous oppression that was on our society. People don't realize how oppressed our society was in the 20s. You know, we had the beginnings of like now the fascist party was moving in America. People forget that that there were a lot of fascists in America in the 20s, and that was okay. We had a lot of that oppression, and we so. That prohibition against alcohol brought women into the that Hispanic community was brought into the mix for the music that and the black community was brought into you know the African American community. Let's call it what it was the former slave culture of America was brought into the room and they were allowed to mix because they're all doing one thing defying the oppression. I think that's happening again. Hmm? And then this time yeah. still is less less alcohol. Now the real one is marijuana. You know the cannabis. Uh, is the kind of one of those fuel energies, but I think one of the biggest fuel energies I think is this idea of the witch, um, of the of the magical. I think people are really want to get into the magical, and I think that's why I call it the twenty. You know, I think we're seeing going to see like a, a, another decade of the sort of oppressive ideology that none of this is real, and then underneath it, everybody goes, "Oh no, it's real," but we're going to go ahead and practice it anyway. And I think that's going to happen. Um, plus the fact that Halloween is going to be on a full moon this year on a Saturday. So fantastic. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Not just a full moon, but a blue moon. That's true. And yeah, that's true. Because October means... 1st and 31st are both full moons. Boy, and yeah, we're going to start, and we're going to start Salem at the psychic psychic fair with a full moon and end it with a full moon. That's going to be a wonderfully wicked cycle, I think. Um, and for uh, as far as I know, I'm. I think we're both going to end up being back at the psychic chair this year in October. I think. Uh, I believe so. I mean, yeah, we're tentatively set up. Anything can happen between now and then, but yeah, and that's a lot of fun. The premier yeah. psychic chair, and I, I call it the premier psychic chair in the country. It's the only one of its kind. And if you are out in Salem in October, you got to look us up. But so, really quick, before we get into the next part, how would people find you? Hmm? How would people want to sign up in New um, York? They want a reading from you or they want to get more information from you or even learn from you because you're a great teacher. Um, find, the most efficient way to find me in yes. Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I, I was on um, Witch Fox for ages, but that's kind of fallen by the wayside recently. Um, 
the most efficient way to get a hold of me is mm-hmm. private message me through Facebook. Hit me up on Messenger. There you go. Um, I might, if you friend request me with a message attached to that friend request, I am more likely to see it and respond to it. I get so many friend requests mm-hmm. that I don't respond to them unless they come with a message. Well, that makes absolute sense. Um, so, so you get out there and um, terrific. I mean, that is it. So, getting ready for the new year. What do you do to get ready for the new year? Um, I'm a goal setter, and this is a this this year is my big year because it's my reset. Because I I believe in my ten year goals, and my last ten year set of goals was just amazing. I accomplished them, so I'm setting my next ten year goals. But how do you get? How do you prepare for the new year? Um, I have been doing a tarot spread at midnight, um, where I, I subscribe to the Llewellyn, which is calendar and which is date book. And in the back of that, there is a list of all the eclipses, full moons, and retrogrades. What I do for my New Year's Eve midnight tarot spread, I will pick one card for each eclipse, full moon, and retrograde for the year. And I'll record it in there. And then I will set goals for the year based on the results of that spread. That's interesting. So so you do that whole thing, and then you record then you just remember that or record it in some way? I, I write it down in the date book, actually. Next, um, mm-hmm. um, it, the page isn't lined, but I actually mm-hmm. like take a ruler or something and draw lines. And mm-hmm. um, on it'll, because it, it has kind of centered a list of, of all these um, astrological events. And um, I will write. On one side of the page, I will write in which card came up for each of those full moons, solar and lunar eclipses, and, you know, retrogrades and so forth. And I will, I'll write in the name of the card. And on one side, with a space left on the other side, where I will jot down um, what actually happened on those dates. And then at the end of the year, I go back and I look matching the dates up with the meanings of the cards that came up during for those times to kind of check the accuracy of the reading for the year. And mm-hmm. usually it comes out pretty well. Um, so People can do that for themselves, so they would get the Llewellyn um, Astrological Almanac then and just kind of do that? Um, You can use the Astrological Almanac. I actually – I use the Witch's Date Book. Okay, Witch's Date Book. Okay. Um, I like like the articles in the Date Book and the Witch's Calendar. well, most of them, most of the time. Yep. And I and I like the, but I like the artwork better in the astrological calendar. So, which one I use very. But that's that's what so, I use. You have to write kind of small to make it fit. But this um, for 2020, they added mm-hmm. um, a notes section in the back of the date book. Oh wow! I haven't seen it yet, so that's right. kind of cool. Yeah, it, well, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. One up. Yeah, it, it's it's a nice new feature. I I don't remember them doing that in the past, but this year, this year they added that. I I, I like that. Gotcha. Um, that makes a lot of sense. So and that that sort of thing. So, 
so we talked a little bit so so far. We've talked a little bit about your, your origin and, and the fact that you've had this tie to uh, to to early America. So your family's been around for a long time, and you've traveled to the Midwest and come back out to the East Coast and things of that nature. And that you you you've done a lot of practices with mediumship and tarot and sort of the psychic ability, and you, you do teaching. Um, and then, you know, as you prepare for the new year. So in this a- aspect of it, do you feel like there's in, – in, in where you've, you know, so far you've, uh, so far you've seen and you've been out in where Salem is? And, of course – oh, the question people have been asking. You were there with the world – so people have been talking – I don't know if you've seen the memes of it. The world's largest tarot board. Now, you were working that day. You and I were working, and I barely got to see it. Um, but it's like – did you notice a difference in town when that Ouija board was up or not? Do you think that it did the Ouija board? Because you were like, I noticed that. I I tried to go see it, and there was enough of a crowd um, mm-hmm. in Salem Common that I couldn't really get over there without making myself late for work. Yeah. So I drove by and I looked at it and I, you know, I. Um, Karen and I met at WeijaCon. Um, I think, oh goodness, that must have been. I think, um, in Baltimore. And mm-hmm. um, so I was kind of disappointed that I didn't get over there because I, I would have liked to have said hi to her. But um, mm-hmm. I didn't really notice much of a shift in Salem's energy. Uh, because there's already so much of that vibe in Salem. But there was enough of a spiritual focus um, because people have so many opinions about talking boards that I feel like if they had built it in the park in some other city, it would have shifted the energy more. Um, Gotcha. So... Salem, it didn't have that big an impact to me. Because it was kind of Ouija boards. Well, the Ouija board museum is there. It's kind of a safe space for Ouija boards, talking boards. Because um, it's still it's still causing echoes throughout the world. I mean, I've I've seen it. You know, I've seen a lot of energy about it. And so, do you have an opinion on talking boards? I mean, I know on New Year's Eve there's going to be a lot of talking boards chattering. I think people are going to pull them out. There's a renaissance <laughs> yeah. of talking boards. <laughs> So you have a pity on I, that. I do. Um and, and I this is if if people follow me on Facebook, they have probably seen me post comments um voicing my opinion on Ouija boards before. Um I compare them to kitchen knives. Um they are common everyday items that millions of people own and most people don't think too much about, just like kitchen knives. Um, but if you don't use them properly, you can get into trouble. If you screw up with a kitchen knife, you can badly cut yourself, be injured, or if you're really talented, you can even manage to kill yourself with one. But most of the time, people use them safely, no harm is done to anyone, and they're perfectly fine. Ouija boards are a tool, and it's when they are not treated with safety and respect that a small minority of people end up summoning something awful through them. The biggest mistake people make is as soon as they realize it's real, they get spooked and they end the session without closing and saying goodbye. If you do not end the session by saying goodbye, you leave that connection wide open for whatever to come and go as it pleases. And that gets you problems. Also, if you go into using a Ouija board with a preconceived notion that it is evil, and that you're going to contact the devil, more than likely that's when you're going to have an incident with something like Zozo 
um, if you want to know all about the Zozo phenomena, talk to my buddy Darren Evans because he's Zozo's his thing. Mm-hmm. So that is that. So it is that sort of thing. Um, so what? So let's go ahead and we, uh, I want to thank you. So this is we've been talking to uh, Sarah Livermore, uh, Salem Witch Psychic, and uh, out there you can contact her on Facebook, and uh, if you want to find out about her. So as we go into the new year. Um, first of all, where, where are you going to be? Do you have any real big plans this year? Where are you going to be? We already talked about October, which is, and I'm hoping to talk to you way before that, uh, as we continue, uh, this sort of commitment to bringing more programming to you. But, um, so do you have anything that, where people can see you or a place that you're going to be up here in the present? Um, I, I don't usually go out and do much on New Year's. Um, I mean, this year in 2020, um, I do have plans to attend a number of events, but I haven't nailed down my full lineup for the year yet. Um, I'm going to be in Los Angeles, actually for my other line of work, um, modeling. I'm going to be in a fashion show in L.A. March 1st. Um, There's a few pagan events in New England in March that I'm trying to line up going to, probably Mm -hmm. just attending rather than presenting. Sure. Um, And I... Obviously, you know, Valerie Psychic Fair again in 2020 in October. Um, I also have plans to start a vlog um, sometime after New Year's, probably mid-January. But that's not ready to roll quite yet. Oh, I can understand that. Absolutely. And um, I'm hoping to have you back on as, as a guest. I find you fascinating. Um, so, oh, thank you. Um, so, so last thing, so so we've got our Zoomers listening. We've got a lot of millennials listening. we got a lot of young ladies and, and gentlemen um, and they. And I'm learning. Yes, I'm old-fashioned. I'm having a I, – I'm, I'm working on this whole – New uh, uh, enunciation thing um, of of that. Um, it's very fascinating to me. I'm I'm hoping to go to the Maestrium, which is a uh, a nunnery that is mostly dedicated to transgender here soon. Um, that'll be very fascinating for me. I'm learning to more learn the community because I think the community, what I call the magical community, doesn't really know itself. And while I'm probably one of the more tuned in people, I realize how much I don't know. So this is going to be a fascinating year, and we're going to bring you regular programming on that. But what would you say if they wanted to become more professional, they wanted to enter the world of the working psychic, do you have any recommendations for them? Um, my, I, I would start mm-hmm. by Googling um, psychic fairs in your area. Um, A lot of places have fairs pretty regularly. Like um, I discovered that there's one actually in a a town hall building on a monthly basis here in in New Hampshire. Um, And I'm going to try to start uh, working that event. I there's uh there's almost always something that goes on. Um and mm-hmm. if you can speak to the organizers, say hey you know, message them, email them, be like, Hey, do you have any spots open for a new reader? Um, you can find work that way. Um also be prepared for 
um, your clients to run the gambit of emotional reactions to your readings. Mm-hmm. Um, I could agree with that. H, a lot of people treat it as a form of entertainment. So then when the reading turns serious, um, sometimes they react poorly. Um, also, have Kleenex. You will get criers. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> that was a mistake I made as a novice, profe- you know, early on in my professional career, not having Kleenex. Um, also, a just challenge yourself. Um, be confident. Mm-hmm. Because the more readings you do, the better your accuracy will be. And, you know, try to, even if it's a doom and gloom reading, stay positive and keep yourself com- emotionally composed as best you can. Um, well, giving the, okay, here's the best possible outcome. Here's, you know, I wish you the best, but don't, don't try to sugarcoat it. Um, I had a reading in October where it was a mother and a child. Um, and the child had a very serious condition and the mother was basically asking, is the kid out of the woods or are they going to die? And that, that's, that's one of the most emotionally challenging questions you can get as a reader. Um, the reading came out with a really positive outcome. It's like, there's still some challenges ahead, but don't worry. It's, it's gonna, it's gonna be okay. Um, but you've got to keep yourself as a couple of steps emotionally detached from the reading if you mm-hmm. if you get too attached too emotionally vested in it um, you will go straight into a mental breakdown to reading professionally i've I've seen readers like that who just basically do the readings, but they just they find themselves energetic so well, thank you so much for for spending time with us today. Um, this, especially during this holiday season, I think this will be. I think people appreciate it. And um, any so, any last thoughts for you before we uh, uh, play one of my favorite poems here? Is uh, by Felicia Malay, which is so as soon as as soon as uh, that sort of thing. I don't know if you've ever heard it, but it's a wonderful poem. Um, any last thoughts for the this holiday season? Uh, yesterday was Yule, and, and we're coming up to Christmas. You know, I my I don't really have any parting thoughts or tools of wisdom. That's, no, and and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we, you've given us a lot of great advice, and so you've been listening to Sarah Livermore, uh, also known as Sarah Wilds, and um, and as you know, she's a Salem psychic. So check her out on Facebook. She's also on Instagram, and uh, if you want to find out more about her, just go out there, and um, of course. Um, if you want to see something really quick, oh, I know the last thing. So the Crystal Oracle, oh, my God, somebody's just telling me, what about the Crystal Oracle? Um, that experience, because, <laughs> um, you know, that's, it's one of those things that I, 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 I'm, I'm terrible about. It. I really work the spells and magic that I work, and Salem was really intense. I mean, it was a really intense set of work. But they've mentioned how much you mentioned the fairy folk. And so, you know, that, that you mentioned fairies and the sort of technological and everything else. So. I guess one of the questions, okay, I, I see it. Thank you. Um, I will ask this. So thank you for reminding me. So 
do you think that this age of technology, this age of constant, you know, like you said, cell phones and Instagrams and Facebooks, do you think this hinders? They're asking, so and you did that, and you talked a lot about the positivity of it. But do you think that it helps or hinders uh, people's psychic receptivity? Do you think um, this energy out there of being able to communicate and things like that, do you think that it, it helps or hurts being a, a psychic out there, or does it mat- doesn't matter? Um, I don't think technology hinders psychics. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes feel like psychics hinder technology. Um, when you work with a lot of energy, um, the way psychics and and practicing witches do, um. Electronic devices are very temperamental, and that volume of energy being thrown around can drain batteries. It can fry circuits. It can magnetize metal objects that are are present while this energy is being worked with. And mm-hmm. I I would like to see the development of better shielded, more resilient technology that doesn't break when a practitioner touches it. Um, I I feel like um, electrical energy and like, like you talk about electromagnetism in the paranormal a lot. Mm-hmm and so forth, I would like to see us better harness EMS. We know that it's naturally present, that everything has an energy, but we don't fully understand yet how computer circuitry and psychic ability affect each other. So I would like to see going forward more of a merging of the magical and the technological rather than the two diverging the way um the way they did you know our world started getting more high tech. Um I know I, I have kind you. of gone I started off hating high-tech gadgetry because every time I touched it, it fried. Um, oh, well, to, the, to this day, that's why I don't wear a watch. Oh, good. Well, thank you. And thank you so much for, for being with us today. And uh, may you have yeah. a great holiday. Um, you too. So we've, and so thank you. And then we've been listening to Sarah Livermore. And again, Facebook, Instagram, come out, reach out. Uh, if you have any questions, um, let us know. Let us know and, and tell us what you think. And, of course, you can always get me on Ed the Pagan, uh, every, all the platforms. And, uh, yeah, I'll get more on TikTok, people. I see that. Um, and, you know, back to the Indiegogo campaign where we're going to go travel. And I'm going to bring you more of the community. And I'm hoping to get a lot more Sarah this year. And uh, we'll see how everything goes. But this is going to be a great – 2020 is going to be a great year. So thank you, Sarah, and uh, and good day, everybody. And we're going to go off to Witches by Felicity Malay. In the past, they burned us because they thought we were witches. Just because we knew what to do with herbs outside of the kitchen because we knew how to dance how to seduce, how to pray, because we moved with the cycles of the moon. In the past, they burned us alive because they knew that we are witches. So now we cast spells of our mouth, pieces of our hearts spill out. It is incredible, the power of a woman who is not afraid to say no. No, we won't sit any longer while you ponder on our right on our rights to give or not give life, on our rights to make another woman our wife, on our rights to be safe 
to get paid an equal wage, to have a voice, you know, in a place where we might actually make a change. It is incredible. The amount of ways that they have slayed just to keep us small. If they could have, they probably would have burned us all, but they couldn't with fire, so they did it with words, laid down laws to determine the amount of our worth. They kept us in contracts. They separated our circles, erased us from pages and made labor-saving devices our savior. It is incredible how quickly knowledge can fade, how much effort was invested to lead us astray. But we, will not come quietly. Well, there's another thing they've tried to take away. You know, our right to exclaim our orgasms ecstatically. Mm -mm. We will not come quietly. We will open our mouths and let our spells spill out, cast poetic prayers into the night so that every woman can hear the howl of her sister's delight, reminding her that her voice deserves to be heard. Let her jaw drop. Let her shame stop. Let her body scream under the self-pleasure of what it means to be a woman who can speak freely. You see, words, they carry meaning. And they have fooled us for so long into believing that no means yes. So much so that I'm almost impressed except, well, I finally discovered that they're right. So I've claimed back that no as mine. Because every no I throw against their forces is another yes I retain for my own self-worth. It is a spell I cast for my own protection. It is incredible. The power of a woman who is not afraid to say no. And this old witch? I'm done with broomsticks. I'm done with know your place. This which knows that some knowledge just won't fade. That every woman is my sister. That through the hubble and the bubble and the toil and the trouble, we grow stronger when we cast our spells together. That we entered the fire and now we rise from the ashes and we are holding our candles and lighting our matches until the night becomes lighter and our voices can grow because we have remembered we are witches and we have learned to say no. And thank you for listening to another Ed the Pagan show as we get out there into the world. And remember, wherever you are in the world, I want to get there. Let's talk about it. And join me in our greatest adventure yet in 2020. So good night, blessings, and may you have a great holiday.